Sarah I'm Andy Bates. I almost forgot to say my name. Uh-oh. <laughs> Not Sometimes used to switching up that order. <laughs> I almost said I'm Sarah Gulseth. Doesn't but it you sound weird that. in your head? It does. It sounds weird in your head. I know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> we have uh, special events that we're talking about today. The things that are going on, uh, special people in St. Louis. And uh, as is our usual tradition, when there is an American Contrai concert around the corner and there's Bach in the air, we get to talk <laughs> with Dr. Maurice Boyer, the uh, music director of the American Contrai, joining us in studio today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's always really fun to uh, get to have you in studio and talk like really nerdy stuff about Bach for 12 minutes. It's pretty great. Uh, of all the things to have in the air, Bach is what I prefer. Bach is in the air. <laughs> That's what I prefer to have in the air. <laughs> um, quite literally this weekend. Um, the American Contrai has uh, concerts coming up this weekend, um, November 16th at Emanuel Lutheran in Washington, Missouri, which is a new location. Very exciting. And then uh, on Sunday, the usual... Um, Concert at St. Paul's de Pair, part of their Music at St. Paul's series. Um, lots of Bach, lots of cantatas, lots of really good theology as usual. Um, Dr. Boyer, what makes uh, the American Contrai um, a unique group out of all of the music groups um, that are in this area? And there are several. Um, what makes the Contrai a unique group? Well, the, our focus is exclusively on the music of Bach and actually particularly the cantatas. Um, I know that uh, that's not exactly how it always has been. Mm -hmm. I know in the past uh, when Dr. Bercht uh, was the music director of the group, the late Dr. Bercht, uh, the focus was a little broader. It was also Bach, Bach and sort of the folks who came before him. Um, and uh, But I've decided to just uh, focus on, on Bach and the cantatas. And so, there's plenty of them. Yes, there <laughs> certainly are. Yeah, and we have. There are about 200 uh, that are just shy of that. Uh, that we have uh, this of sacred cantatas. There are some secular ones as well. Although he did write many more, or at least potentially many more. We're not exactly sure how many cantatas he actually wrote. So you're doing all 200 Yes, that's right. This weekend. This weekend, this weekend yeah. From it's, sunrise, uh, to, yeah. sunrise to sunset yeah, and beyond. Exactly. Yeah. That would be intense. That would be indeed intense. Do I hear challenge accepted? Oh, man. Well, no. It would be fun. Oh, boy. A Bacathon. I was about to say it. Yeah. What? So it. what is on deck for the programs this weekend? Okay. For this weekend, we have four cantatas, actually. Um, and... Uh, as is the case for all, for most of the cantatas, they were written within a very narrow span of time. So the, the two of them are from 1724, one of them from 1726, and the last from 1729. So he wrote them in a really concentrated period. Uh, I guess you might say if there's an overall theme to it, you might say that it's uh, sort of the ways in which God manifests his care and his love uh, amid sorrow, suffering, as we prepare for death, um, and just is with us, um, that permeates, these ideas permeate the, the program. Yeah, we, we, we do sing about death a lot, but in a good way. 
Yes, actually, almost. I mean, there are ways in which uh, death is is uh, the or the, the sort of the anticipation of our uh, of our dying, of our bodies dying. Um, we, um, of course, go through darkness. So there's some really dark moments in the program. But there's also another uh, sort of the underlying um, sort of expressive tenor and the overlying idea is that uh, death is not uh, is not the end. Uh, so there is really uh, radiance, uh, almost uh, like a welcoming into heavenly rest that permeates the program. Mm -hmm. And one of these is, is a, about baptism, too. That's right. The, yeah, an <laughs> amazing... baptism written really big on the top of Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the, the final cantata of the program is, a, is an ascension cantata, actually. But rather than focus on the, on the really dramatic aspects of the, the ascension narrative, uh, you know, in the gospel... It uh, it actually focuses on the on just baptism and the significance of that for the Christian. Um, so it really focuses the lens on that rather than on the the drama of uh, of the of the narrative. Uh, it's a rather intimate work, actually, um, focusing again on uh, two words that occur in the bookends in the opening movement, the final movement, uh, baptism as the pledge of love and the uh, seal of grace. So that's, those are kind of the, the two ideas that sort of sustained through that uh, beautiful cantata and actually connects back, I mean, if one thinks of manifestation as epiphany, uh, the notion of epiphany, not the feast day itself, but um, <laughs> the, uh, there is a neat moment in the center of the cantata where there's a duet for soprano and alto that actually quotes, uh, that is uh, this one of the verses from Wie uh, schön leuchtet. So, harking back to the epiphany. So, this idea of manifestation and presence with. Yeah. So, you mentioned four cantatas. What? Yep. What? Which cantatas are they? And and what are what are kind of the themes of each one of them? Sure. So, the the first one is uh, cantata ninety three, which in translation would render "Whoever lets only the dear God reign." Um, I'll just mention them first, and maybe say a little bit about each of them. Then uh, the second one is. Cantata 27, Who Knows How Near My End Is to Me. Uh, the third one, uh, the most intimate of all the works, is BWV 156, uh, I Stand With One Foot in the Grave. I know it sounds grim, but it's actually a radiant <laughs> piece. Uh, it's probably one of the brightest in the whole program, apart from the Ascension piece. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 37, uh, which is uh, who, Whoever Believes and Is Baptized. That's the Ascension Cantata. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> So the for the the first cantata, it, the it's a chorale cantata. So the uh, it's permeated uh, with a chorale melody and a chorale text, either the chorale text in uh, paraphrase or uh, sort of verbatim, stated verbatim. Um, and uh, here, the 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 hymn that is quoted throughout is uh, in our Lutheran service book. Is uh, if thou but trust in God to guide thee, mm -hmm. uh, and so that's the tune that permeates. And so um, there, obviously, amid worry or sadness or suffering, uh, knowing that God is there and guiding, even in ways in which one may not perceive immediately. Um, and the way Bach shows that musically is some uh, there'll always be sort of a hint of the chorale melody or the outline of the chorale tune or it's stated verbatim against it again it's just a way of for him in very simple and music not simple I mean it's it's subtle musical <laughs> terms or direct sometimes direct
effect, sometimes subtle, terms to just uh, sort of effect in, a, in sound that presence at the core. Uh, the second cantata, that's the one that has to do very specifically with one's end. Um, so here it's really a contemplation uh, of death, sort of the, the warring, I guess you might say, of the here um, with us, essentially within us, that uh, death word bent, I guess you might say, that uh, that our lives have, earthly lives have, and the this sort of the deliverance uh, and the uh, and essentially the resurrection that awaits us. Um, so that would be the theme in that. The traject- it has a you know uh, an up and down trajectory the whole way through, but it ultimately leads ultimately leads to uh, freedom and uh, peace and joy. Those are the last words that one hears in the in those uh, in that cantata. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third cantata um, mentioned, as I mentioned, Epiphany cantata. It starts with a symphonia. There's actually probably the you know, one of the most well-known uh, slow movements by Bach. Uh, most folks may know it from one of his keyboard concertos, the mm-hmm. keyboard concerto in F minor. It's the slow movement from that piece, um, but this is the original version. It's for oboe and strings. He later mm-hmm. sort of adapted it for as a keyboard piece. Um, and so... Here again, it starts out with having essentially one foot in the grave. That's what this means. And the, one of the things that's amazing about the cantata is that you can feel that one foot in the grave and that it, the, the whole opening or opening aria uh, it has this unstable rhythmic feel to it. It's, uh, you don't quite know where the downbeat is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this sense that you know, you're sort of tottering on both sides, <laughs> the here and the beyond uh, and the grave. So uh, just an extremely, um, how shall I say, um, vivid portrayal mm-hmm. of that being in that sort of place. Uh, and again here, as I mentioned, the trajectory is toward, uh, toward freedom and deliverance. Uh, the final cantata, as we just mentioned a few minutes ago, is uh, is, ascent- is an ascension cantata. And so here it's almost as if this is the most overt answer to all the questions that had been posed earlier. You know, where, where does one find uh, peace, joy, freedom, reconciliation with God? Uh, it's in the, the Christ. So through, in and through the Christ. Yeah. Well, we have about two minutes left oh, and about three hours worth of conversation. Yes. Let's go back into that. Yes. Um, you made the distinction earlier of Bach having uh, both secular and sacred cantatas. Yes. Uh, sacred meaning that he, uh, that the cantata is presenting a sacred text, the scriptures. How does, how does Bach treat the text? How does, how does his music treat the text mm-hmm. how does it present the the uh, the text yeah well i guess first of all i should say that the um so that the text of the cantatas are sort of commentary on the gospel of the day typically sometimes it might comment on you know on the epistle but most of the time it's directly a response to the gospel text so a, a librettist sometimes it is known who that librettist was uh, sometimes it's uh, the very prolific prolific anonymous uh, <laughs> who provides the libretto um, and so Bach from that working from this libretto by a poet or an anonymous person with whom he'd collaborated uh, sort of uh, comments it's like there are many sermons uh, that uh, uh, in music 
that occurred. And these were all for the Divine Liturgy, uh, either for the morning service in Leipzig or for Vespers in the, in the afternoon at a different church. Uh, they would typically be performed uh, in that manner. Um, and so they were part and parcel of the liturgy. It occurred after the reading of the gospel and before the sermon. Uh, or occasionally, it would, if it was a two-part cantata, the second part would be performed during communion. So really a very prominent part of the of the service. Uh, and most of them, as they end with a chorale, uh, have something that the listener and the congregant could uh, sort of very immediately relate to their own, his or her own experience, and maybe even be able to sing along in his or her mind as it unfolds. So that's a little background about that. So hear this great Bach music this weekend, Saturday, November 16th, 7.30 p.m. at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Washington, Missouri, Sunday, November 17th, 3 p.m., St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere, and uh, hear great Bach. How can we follow what's going on with the American Contrai? AmericanContrai.org. And on Facebook, too. <laughs> very good. And you just might hear our very own Sarah Gulseth. And uh, Luther. And Luther, Mr. Gulseth, there yeah. as well. And looking at the program notes, I just happened to notice that in December, there's a very special event coming up as well. Oh, yes. Sing Along Messiah. Sing Along Messiah. It'll yeah. be super fun. Um, Everyone should come. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Boyer, for being our guest and uh, being on the coffee hour and uh, spending some time in St. Louis for the American Contra. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs> Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh,